ASM, great to be with you. We're in this series called The Way, and we're looking at the way of Jesus, the way that following Jesus means following his way of life, and not just his ethics, not just what he believes, but also how he lives. And it's such an important thing for us to look at because how we live is so important. And we've been asking this question, are you satisfied with your life? Are you satisfied with your life? And I even encourage you to think about that right now. Like when you think about your emotional health, your spiritual health, uh, the pace of your life, just how you are as a human being, are you satisfied? And what we want you to get in this series is that the habits that you have right now are perfectly designed to produce the life you're living, right? The way that you live right now is perfectly designed to produce the quality of life that you have. And when we look at Jesus, when he says that, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and we say that his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, we hear him say that he came so that we might have life and have it to the full. If we want the life that Jesus offers right now, we need to take on the way of life that he demonstrates. And so we're going to look at five habits together that Jesus shows us. And the one we're going to look at this week is the habit of silence and solitude. Silence and solitude, a habit of Jesus that we're going to look at how we can incorporate into our lives. You know, we live in a noisy world, a busy world. And I mean, just think about for a second, all the noise that you hear in any given day. You probably live in some kind of populated urban area. You're going to hear the noise of cars. You're going to hear the noise of planes flying over you. I live by Payne Field. I hear planes all the time. You're going to have the noise of the TV on in the background. You're going to have your headphones in, listening to music, listening to podcasts. You're going to have Netflix going. You're going to hear the noise coming from that. You're going to be out in public. You're going to hear the noise of people, right? I mean, we just hear noise everywhere. And it's not just literal noise. We're, we're surrounded by just constant information being bombarded towards us all the time. They just did a study in 2020 that showed that the average American consumes somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 advertisements every day. Think about that for a second. The average American sees somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 advertisements every day. That's such a big number, it's hard to even imagine it. And yet think about the fact that people are spending money to get your attention thousands and thousands of times a day. That's the world we live in. We see it online, we see it on our phone, we see it on television, it's everywhere. And we haven't even talked about social media yet. Think about how much time we spend connected to the world around us. We all, we, we live our lives with this thing in our pocket that is designed to connect us simultaneously to everyone. Not just our friends and family, but like everyone we've ever met. People we aren't even close with, if they send us a DM, it immediately alerts us. The, the crazy thing, we've given this thing permission to interrupt us at any point, at any time. It's called a notification, right? If somebody likes your post, if somebody sends you a DM, if an app just wants to get your attention to remind you that you haven't posted in a while, to say that there's some new friends of yours on, on this social media platform that maybe you should follow. It's just like going to alert you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're thinking about. It doesn't matter if you're praying. It doesn't matter if you're having a great conversation with a friend. It's going to interrupt you. This is the world we live in. It's noisy. Okay, and yet, when we look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels, what we see is that Jesus does not accept noise and busyness as the norm. 
He, he doesn't. He, he's not okay with it. What we see with Jesus is, is somebody who intentionally says, I'm going to make sure that there is time in my life for silence and solitude. If you read the Gospels with this lens, you will notice it all over the place. I'm just going to show you three of them here right now. And, and there is many, many more, but let's look at these three together. Early on in the Gospel of Mark, in, in chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Right? Jesus is staying in a home with his disciples, with people who want his attention, who want to talk to him, who want to ask him to do things. Right? Jesus has a lot of followers, you could say. And Jesus is getting up earlier before anybody else so that he can get out of there and go be alone with God and pray. We see it in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Says, but the news of Jesus spread all the more, and great crowds came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Now, Jesus knows what it's like to have people around bombarding him who want a piece of him, to have people that are coming up to talk to him. I mean, he, he gets it, and yet, what do we see Jesus do? The very next verse it says, Yet he frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Frequently. He gets out of there. He says, I've got to be alone. I've got to be in silence and solitude with God. I can't just live a life surrounded by the crowds. Look at this last one in Matthew chapter 14, verses 23 and 24. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Jesus does this all the time, you guys. He, he loves silence and solitude. He's somebody who wants to do the will of the Father, and constantly he's saying, I'm going to shut off everything else so that I can hear from God and be alone with him. So what is the big deal? Why is silence and solitude such an important habit to Jesus? This is what I want you to get in this topic right now. It's this. Silence and solitude is the practice where we turn off the noise of our life so that we can be alone with God and experience his presence, okay? Silence and solitude is the practice where we turn off the noise of our life, we turn off everything else so that we can be alone with God and experience his presence. This is what Jesus teaches us to do, right? It's in silence and solitude that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's in silence and solitude that we remember to pray, that we can open up the word and hear from God. It's in silence and solitude where God brings to our attention the things that we've been ignoring, right? The sin in our life, the, the things that, that we've been doing that aren't in line with Jesus, the way we've been treating somebody poorly, the way we've been ignoring in a relationship in our life. It's in silence and solitude that the Spirit speaks to us in a way that we hear. It is so easy to drown out God and to not listen to his voice. We need silence and solitude to be able to be with him. And Jesus teaches us to do that. And yet, we hate silence and solitude. Because our, our culture abhors silence. Okay, I, we, we can't even stand it for a few minutes. We drown it out wherever we can. They, they, they recently did this study. Uh, th this professor, he, he brought some college students, uh, to, and he told them that they were going to do a study on pain tolerance. And so here's what they did. They sat up at a table in a room with nothing on the walls, and, and they took all their phones, and they, it was just them. They hooked them up to this electronic device, and then they put a button on the table. And what it was, the button, when they pressed it, it electrically shocked them. Okay, And they told them that they wanted them to shock 
unlocked themselves. And after they did that, they asked them, how much money would you be willing to pay to not have to experience that again? Okay, this was the study. People were paid money to be a part of this. It sounds weird, but they would sit there, they would shock themselves, and then they all said that they would be willing to pay some amount of money to not have to go through that again. And then the experimenters left the room and they just left them there in silence by themselves, still hooked up to the machine. That they didn't tell them that that was actually part of the experiment as well. They were trying to see what people did when they were left alone with just their thoughts. And what they found was that people hated silence and solitude so much that in just 15 minutes, two-thirds of men and a quarter of women would voluntarily shock themselves again just because they didn't have anything else to do. It's the craziest thing. Like, just because they were bored, they were like, we may as well just shock ourselves. They had just said that they were willing to pay money to not have to go through that experiment again. We cannot stand to be alone with our thoughts. And why is that, okay? It's because... When we're silent and alone, it removes everything that we've been hiding behind to not have to think about where we're actually at with our soul, where we're actually at as a person, to not to, to distract ourselves from our worries, from our anxieties, from our disappointments, from our guilt and our shame over our sin. Silence and solitude removes all that and it lays it bare before us and God and we hate it. Okay, listen to what David said in Psalm 32. He had uh, just slept with Bathsheba, committed adultery, killed Bathsheba's husband. He has this weight of sin. And listen to what David says about silence. He says, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Right, David says, when I'm silent, that's when God just, he reminds me, he convicts me of my sin. It's like my very bones are wasting away. And here's the thing, when we're not in line with Jesus, when we're not living the way that he wants us to live, it's actually in silence and solitude that God convicts us of our sin. And so it's painful. We don't want it. And yet, if we want to experience God's presence in our life, if we want to walk with Jesus, to be close with him, to not have shame, to not have guilt, to have actually just uprightness and righteousness be the conviction of our heart, then we need these, these habits in our life to get away to hear from God to say, God, you say whatever you want to say to me. Whatever sin you need to bring to my mind, you bring it to mine. Right? Whatever I'm not doing that you need me to do, God, tell me. And we need the silence and solitude to be able to have that happen. It is so necessary to walk with Jesus. Most of us aren't shocking ourselves in the silence and solitude, but what we are doing is we are drowning it out. We're watching Netflix nine hours a day. We're playing video games endlessly. Uh, you know, we're just filling every moment of every day with sound, with information, with podcasts. We never have a moment alone. We're, we're the first generation, you guys, where it's actually possible to live your entire life without any silence and solitude. I mean, think about if you lived 500 years ago, uh, you didn't have a choice. Like if you were going to work, you were walking alone. You didn't have a Walkman. You didn't have a phone. Like you just had to be silent. If you were out in the, in the field working, like there was nobody around to talk to. You either talked to God or you talked to nobody. Like silence and solitude was forced on you. And yet for us, it's actually possible to remove all of that. And because of that, it is so important that we recognize this is a need we have that we have to build it into our life. 
This has been huge for me recently. Maybe one of the biggest ways that I've grown in my relationship with Jesus in the last few years is to recognize that I didn't have silence and solitude in my life and I needed it. I, I recognized that I was struggling to have meaningful time with God in the morning because the first thing I did when I woke up was turn off my alarm on my phone on my nightstand and, and start checking the news, right? I mean, I started reading through uh, my email, whatever. My mind was going, and, it, and before I knew it, it was time to go to work, and the time that I had with God was gone. And, and I imagine that you probably have experienced something like that. So I realized that I needed some structures to actually give myself a fighting chance to have some silence and solitude with God. So I stopped charging my phone on my nightstand and I, uh, I put it on my dresser across the room so that I had to get out of bed in the morning when my alarm went off. And then pretty soon the first thing I did in the morning when I got up was I got out of bed, went, turned off my phone's alarm, and then got back into bed and started uh, reading my email again and reading the news. Like, it, it was crazy. So the next thing I did was I bought an actual old-fashioned alarm clock. They actually still make these, it's amazing. And I started charging my phone in Hazel's bedroom so that if I had to go get it, I had to risk waking her up so that I was forced to actually be without my phone in the morning. So I had nothing else to do except for sit with God. And, and as I did these habit changes, God started to actually bring into my life some of these habits, and they're so important. Eventually, I've gotten pretty radical. Uh, I've turned my phone completely into a dumb phone. It doesn't have internet. It doesn't have email. It doesn't have any social media. It doesn't have the news. It, it, like, I, it doesn't do anything. I actually even turned off my text message notifications so that I have to actually go choose to look at text messages instead of it just notifying me. And the reason I did that is because I realized that my phone was the thing that I was was going to rather than God. Any moment of silence, any, any bandwidth in my day that I had to do something, I was on my phone. And if I wanted to have silence and solitude in my life, I realized I had to take that away. My point is this. It's not that uh, having a dumb phone is more spiritual than having a smartphone. It's not uh, that, you know, social media is evil and the enemy. It's none of that. It's that for me, it was hard to have silence and solitude in my life. And I had to do radical things to set it up. My question is for you. What does it look like for you to experience God through silence and solitude, to walk in the way of Jesus, and to make sure that you're not somebody who's drowning out the voice of God? What does it look like for you to experience God in silence and solitude? What would it take for you to have that in your life? If you want to have the kind of life that Jesus offers, if you want to be the kind of person that experiences God every day, that can trust him, that is asking him what he wants from your life, that's looking for the way that he's working around you, if you want the life that Jesus offers, then you have to have the habits that Jesus had. Silence and solitude is a huge one, and it's time for us to get serious about this in this day and age where noise is everywhere. So I challenge you, what is the first step for you to build silence and solitude into your life? and to start experiencing God instead of just the noise. ASM, we love you. Can't wait to see you next week. See you then.